welcome to the Defender Podcast, a resource to help mobilize and equip the body of Christ to manifest the gospel to orphans and vulnerable children. This podcast is a ministry of Lifeline Children's Services, and I'm your host, Herbie Newell. It's September 23rd, 2020, and I'm coming to you from Birmingham, Alabama. Well, today we are joined by our Lifeline Program Manager for India, Morgan Church, as we talk today about India adoption. And we know that so many things have changed in a pandemic-ridden world, but one thing is constant. Children need homes in India and around the world. And so we want to feature all of these international countries over the next several weeks to help people understand the needs in these countries and how you can get involved. But before we hear from Morgan, I want to remind you about Image Bears, a book that our team released, which is tackling the topic of shifting from pro-life to pro-birth. There are many books that are being written about being pro-life and combating abortion, but this book seeks to bring awareness that the pro-life ethic is so much bigger than just being pro-birth. It includes prayer guides, tips to care for the fatherless, discussions, thought-provoking questions, and you can purchase your copy today at lifelinechild.org backslash image bears. Again, that's lifelinechild.org backslash image bears. And in a time and day when we are talking about pro-life issues, as far as what do we do and how do we respond to a pandemic? How do we look at racial injustice in a biblical worldview? And how do we look at so many other issues, including human sexuality in a pro-life lens? This is such an important book that our team has put out. Again, that's Image Bears, shifting from pro-life to pro-birth, lifelinechild.org backslash Image Bears. Like I said, we are absolutely thrilled to have Morgan Church back on the Defender podcast. Uh, Morgan graduated from the University of Alabama in 2014 with a degree in social work and a minor in communication. Uh, the Lord has completely worked in Morgan and her husband uh, Jeff's life uh, to awake the, a passion for the nations. Uh, Morgan's passion first was unlocked in 2005 when she first took a mission trip to India. And it was at that time that she began to realize the immense physical and spiritual need around the world. Uh, since that time, she has spent several months serving in Nepal, along with other areas in the world, including India and the Dominican Republic. And her view of God has expanded as she's been able to glimpse what he is doing in the church internationally. We're so grateful to have Morgan on our team. She is fantastic in everything that she does and leads our team uh, with such integrity and with such faithfulness. And uh, what a great gift she is, not only to Lifeline, but to the children of India and to uh, those team members that she serves. So Morgan, welcome. And if you will, give us a quick overview of the program India program, as well as the history of the India program. Yes, absolutely. Thanks so much, Herbie. And it's a pleasure to get to be on today and share about India. So just to give a little bit of context um, on the India program here at Lifeline, Lifeline was licensed to begin facilitating adoptions in India back in 2014. And then in 2015, we accepted our very first official Lifeline India, what we called pilot family. Um, that family went through the process and they actually traveled to bring their child home from India in 2017. And since 2017, we have seen a lot of growth in the India program. By God's grace, we've seen over 60 children come home from India since 2017. And then we currently have about 60 other children who are matched with families and are waiting to come home. 
So it's been a huge gift just to see the growth over the years and truly God's amazing blessing um, and grace just to see so many children placed in forever families. Morgan, I know that obviously things change over time. Uh, You know, international adoption, for one thing, uh, is as much about two countries and how they work together and diplomacy before it even gets out into the process of what does it look like for a family. And and unfortunately, Mm -hmm. and those things are always changing and always fluid. But can you give us just a general overview of what the process looks like? Sure. Yeah, that's a great question. So the India process um, is a great program for families who are at least 25 years old. And if you're married, you have to have been married for at least two years. Uh, This is a great program for families who are open to children of varying ages with special needs. And those can range from mild special needs all the way up to more severe. In terms of the nature of the process, kind of the big milestones would be that families would talk first with someone from our India team to kind of be able to go over India's requirements, make sure that this family is a good fit for the India program, that the India program is a good fit for them. And then once they submit their application, we would begin working on initial steps of paperwork and really just diving into the home study process, which is that very first step. Um, for families to kind of be assessed by a social worker to build that relationship and inevitably have an actual home study document that kind of summarize their family and their situation. Once that home study is finished for India, that home study is then submitted through an online portal um, that where kind of all India adoptions are facilitated. And the name of that portal is called Carings. And so we would upload that family's home study to that portal and would then begin kind of the first waiting period where we would wait for India to approve that family um, in order to move forward in the India adoption process. So once that family is officially approved by India, then our team would begin searching for possible children to present to this family. And the way India does that part of the process is through a waiting child list. And so our team has access to this waiting child list and based on the family's preferences that they would have submitted to us during the home study phase, we would begin reviewing files and would then prayerfully present files to families um, for potentially moving forward and pursuing that child's adoption. And so once we present a file that the family feels comfortable with and feels like it would be a good fit, then the family is able to take some steps to officially accept the referral. And then from there, there there's several steps of approval that happen both on the India side and on the U.S. side where the family has to be that match with that specific child has to be approved. And so the Lifeline social worker will walk each family through those remaining steps The timelines can vary depending on different factors, but the social worker is definitely there to walk with the family each step of the way, make sure that any necessary paperwork is submitted. Our goal is to always be one step ahead of every upcoming step so that families are never waiting on anything from us, but are fully prepared for what's coming. So they would walk through those steps of approval, some on the U.S. side, some on the India side, and then Uh, The last step prior to travel is that all adoption processes in India have to undergo a court process. So the actual match with that child and the family is submitted along with a lot of paperwork to a judge in India who then has to review the case and determine whether or not that child can be legally adopted by the family. And so that's the final step of the court process um, for the adoption. And then once the judge signs off on that and says, yes, 
um, I approve that this family can adopt this child. The final step is that the family will travel to India to actually bring that child home. So that's kind of the overarching um, high level summary of the process. And of course, there are a lot more details involved in that. And we're always happy to answer any questions that any families have about those kind of more detailed steps. Yeah, and, I, and one of the important things, too, is to know you have an excellent on-the-ground team uh, in Alex Sam and in Vikram. Uh, talk mm-hmm. about the importance of the team that will meet the family once they do travel to India. Yeah, I love that question, Herbie, because I really believe that this is something that sets Lifelines India program apart maybe from some other programs just because we do so greatly value the support that families receive, not just prior to travel to India, but actually when they travel to India and are there on the ground in country, that can be such a emotional time for families. If you've never traveled abroad or never traveled specifically to India, that can be very kind of overwhelming to your senses. Culturally, there's just a lot that goes on during that time. And so from the very beginning of Lifeline's India program kind of being birthed, that was something that was really a passion of mine and of our team to make sure that families were well supported during their time in country. And so I could tell story after story of just seeing God's provision and faithfulness and providing the exact right people to fill those in-country positions, starting with our dear brother, Alex. And We could go on and on sharing amazing stories about him and the way that God has brought him to our team, but he truly just is so gifted in the work that he does and is so passionate about seeing children placed in in families. And so he's really the perfect man for the job. So he's kind of our main point person that we communicate with, but then he also has a team of guides. I know Herbie mentioned Vikram, and there are several others who were able to work with um, in various parts of India. And so wherever a family travels to, and I didn't explain this, but The nature of the travel to India is that the family first has to travel to their child's city. So the child could be residing anywhere all across India and wherever they are, the family first has to travel there. And then once they travel there, all families will end their travel in the capital city of Delhi, where they have to complete some final appointments and paperwork. So the great thing that we offer families is that we tell families that you will have a guide with you every step of the way. So wherever you arrive in India, Um, North India, South India, wherever you are, someone will be there on our team, a guide who speaks the local language, is an insider with the culture. They'll be there to greet you and make sure that you're taken care of during your time, both in your child's city and in Delhi when you're there finalizing your adoption. So like I said, I'm glad you asked that, Herbie, because I do think that's a unique kind of thing that we're able to offer to our Lifeline India families that we're really, really grateful for. Absolutely. And, and, you know, even before we get into some of the other nuts and bolts of an India program, you know, we, we know that even God awakening this call in your own life for missions around the world was through India. So many people have, have seen maybe India on the news, or they've seen it on a map. And the thing they think about India is billion people that are living there and they think of cramped conditions and they think of potentially poverty or caste system. But, but you and I both had the opportunity to travel to India many times and, and they're a beautifully diverse people. Can you just talk about for a moment, the beautiful diversity that the Lord has sown through the people, the Indian people? Hmm. Yeah, I love that. Uh, and yes, I think India holds a really special place in my heart personally, both that, you know, my first trip, 
out of the country was actually to India um, with my family. And on that trip, God just used so many things that I encountered there to open up my eyes to honestly God and his vastness and his beauty. And I think just like any culture that we experience that's different from our own, I think it allows our eyes to be open to more of the bigness and the power and the beauty and vastness of who God is, because I really believe that that diversity and the beauty of differing cultures is truly a, a picture of who our God is. And so the more that we can explore these different cultures, the more we can see more and more of God's heart and who he really is, because he, he's a diverse God. He's a big God. Um, so with India specifically, I think some things that come to mind that I just love about the Indian culture, the Indian people. I think when I first think of India, I just think of just a lot of beauty, a lot of colors, vibrancy. Um, that's just what first comes to mind when I think of India. I also think of a people that are extremely hos hospitable, that are extremely welcoming, extremely servant hearted. I think some of the most servant hearted people that I know, including our um, Alex, who we've referred to, he's one of the most servant hearted people that I've ever met. And he's made such an impact on my life in that way. Um, and so those are a few of the big things kind of that come to mind when I think of Indian culture. Um, and like you said, Herbie, it's it, even within the country of India, it's so vast and there's so many different um, cultures, even within India. Um, and there's, you know, the northern part, the southern part, and just so many variances, even within that, that make it all the more beautiful. Um, and again, all the more a picture of who our God is as a, as a diverse God. Amen. Well, now, if, if families are thinking about exploring adoption from India, can you talk through just what are the general requirements for these families and what is the requirement of travel time? Like how long will these families be away from home on, on their trip to travel to bring their child home? Yes. So in terms of India adoption requirements, there really aren't that many formal requirements that are kind of on, on paper in their adoption laws. But the main big ones are that they want families to be at least 25 years old. And if you're married, you have to have been married at least two years. Um, along with that, they have some kind of general requirements stating that the family must be in good, you know, financial condition. They must, you know, be in good health. Generally, there's not a ton of specifics within that, but we do like to talk with families prior to them applying to the program just to make sure that, you know, we really think that this is a good fit for them. We do talk a lot in the India program about what we call our implicit guidelines. And so that basically means that there are risk factors that we've seen just given our experience um, and the history of India that may not be necessarily risks that are on paper or formal, but they are risks that we want families to be aware of on the front end prior to them moving forward in the program. And so any family that is interested and says, okay, we meet these general requirements of being 25, being married for at least two years, we're really interested in this program. I would say, please call someone on our India team so that we can talk through some of those implicit guidelines and be able to make sure that this is a, the best program for your family. And in terms of travel requirements, typically India only requires one trip to India and it's that final trip, all the paperwork's been done where you travel there. And like I mentioned, you're first in your child's city, wherever they are. And then you travel to the capital city of Delhi where you finalize all of your paperwork and appointments and then inevitably head back to the United States from Delhi. So that's typically what happens. And that trip is only, it's usually about 14 days long. Um, and then in some cases, India may request for parents to travel 
to India during that final step of the process that I referred to called the court process, um, where the judge is reviewing the family's case. There are some situations where the judge requests for the family to travel to India to actually appear in the court process in person. So that's not the norm. That's not usually what happens, but we do like to prepare families that that is at least a possibility and is ultimately up to the judge who is reviewing the family's case. So those are different things that we can talk more about once we know more about the child and where they're coming from and that family specific situation. But generally, like I said, it's a one trip process about 14 days long, occasionally with an added trip that would be about three to five days long, typically. Hmm. And I know you spoke about that, that typically we are seeing children with some level of special needs. Uh, talk about the children that are waiting and the children that need homes right now uh, that you are seeing families be matched with. What, what are those characteristics of those children? Yes, I, I love this conversation, specifically talking about special needs. And it's something I feel like God's really given me a passion for, just because if I'm being very honest, when I first came into the adoption realm and started hearing, you know, people talk about, oh, children with special needs. If I'm being very honest, that conversation really scared me. And I thought, you know, what, you know, who's equipped, you know, to pursue children with special needs that feels so daunting. But the more that you learn and research and to be honest, are around children who have these diagnoses and you, you see the way that um, these parents are able to care for them so well, it really transforms your perspective on special needs adoptions. And you realize that, wow, this is, this is actually very doable. And you start to see beauty there and, and potential and capacity. And so I, I love this conversation because I like to even talk to a family who says, listen, this really scares us. And to be able to say, I was once there, but let's talk through this and let's see if God maybe can work in your heart and show you where maybe you do have capacity to care for a child with special needs. And so um, to answer your question, Herbie, I mean, we really see uh, varying special needs. And so we see needs that are, you know, very mild and correctable all the way up to needs that are more severe, long-term, um, cognitive, things like that. And one specific need that I wanted to really speak to um, is the need of blindness, because this is a need that we just see a lot of in India, to be honest. And, and also, I think it's a need that God has really burdened the hearts of our India team for specifically. Uh, we have seen God continually open doors and provide families to pursue these children who are actually fully, fully blind. And so we actually just had our fourth Lifeline India family accept a referral for a child who is completely blind. And that we just give all glory to the Lord for that and see that he really is kind of providing a niche for our Life on India program where we're really wanting to advocate for these children who are so often overlooked and are not able to find families, but because of the resources that we have from post-adoptive families who've already brought children home with this need from India um, and just the resources God's provided to our team and to Lifeline, we're able to really equip families specifically for that need. And we see that as such a blessing um, that God continues to provide those families for those children. Uh, but uh, like I said, we do see varying needs. We see things like limb differences, heart conditions. We see um, different blood disorders and things like that, just all sorts of varying special needs. And so, again, if, if you're a family listening and hear that and it overwhelms you to think of the special needs, I would say to not let that hinder you from taking a step forward because we absolutely can meet every family and their 
own situation and kind of figure out what, what's going to be a good fit. What capacity do you have? What works best for your family? And then also throughout the adoption process, I've seen time and time again, God just transform families' hearts and make them kind of see that, wow, we really are open and have capacity to things that we maybe never would have thought when we first started the process. Mm, that's great. That's a, what a, what a testimony to the goodness of God, not only to change the hearts and minds of his people, but to provide for uh, these, these children. So, so Morgan, as we, as we kind of closing for those that might be listening to this podcast and they're thinking, I'm not at the place right now where I could adopt from India. Uh, I'm not, I'm not called to adopt from India, but, but wow, I have a heart for these children. I have a heart for these people. I have a heart for this country. What would you say are the biggest needs and how would you lead people to pray for the people of India and for the orphans of India? I love that question because I think all of us have a part to play and even families that are not in a place, like you said, where they feel that they can take next steps in pursuing adoption. There is always, always a way that we can be involved um, in advocating for the fatherless children of India and India as a whole. And so I think in, in terms of things that people can be praying for, I would just ask for people to pray for India uh, specifically in the times that we're in today of just COVID-19, a global pandemic, praying specifically for God's provision and for the leaders who are making decisions about what needs to be done to best care for their people during this time. I think kind of just overarching that those prayers could be um, petitioned before the Lord. And then along with that, just continuing to pray for God to provide adoptive families um, to Lifeline who are missionally minded and gospel centered and see God's glory as the forefront of everything that they do. I think we're always praying for God to continue to open doors to provide the right families for our program. And then for our families also who are in process and children who are matched with families in India, but are unable to be brought home because of our current conditions. Um, those are some things that I'm constantly thinking and praying about and petitioning before the Lord, just asking for his sustaining grace for these families who are waiting to bring their children home and that God would use every day and um, every moment of pain and heartache that they're facing as they're waiting to bring their children home. And then also for the preparation of hearts and just, you know, for the protection of these children as they're waiting to be brought home as well. So those are kind of some of the main prayer requests that come to mind. And like I said, I just, I really appreciate and love that question because I do believe that everyone has a part to play. So. So Morgan, if, if folks are, are wanting to take that next step and want to explore adoption from India, how can they get in contact with your team and take that next step, as you said, to get more information? Absolutely. So people can always reach out to me. Uh, my email address is just morgan.turch at lifelinechild.org. So I'm always welcome to speaking with any family who may be interested in learning more. Um, they're welcome to reach out to me or anyone else on our India team. And I know we would all be happy to provide more information to talk through the guidelines and those implicit uh, requirements. And I think I, I talked to the family just the other day, actually, who came to me and they said, you know, we're a little embarrassed because we feel like God's called us to adopt, but we really have no idea where to even start. So we apologize if our questions are silly. And I just stopped them and said, please, you do not have to apologize. You do not have to feel embarrassed. So if that is you and you know 
very little about adoption, somehow stumbled upon this podcast, please know that we want to be that resource that kind of walks you through even answering those very initial basic questions. That's, that's what we're here for. And so I would say if you are interested in taking those next steps to please not hesitate to be in touch with me or anyone else on our India team. And we would absolutely love to talk with you. Morgan, we're so grateful for you and the team in India, not just uh, our team here on the ground that, that the Lord has so uniquely woven together with excellence to care for these children and to care for these families, but also our team on the ground with Alex and, and Vikram and Nidha and, and the team that the Lord has, has woven together there in India. And I would just encourage, uh, and, and second, what Morgan is saying, if the Lord is pricking your heart for adoption for India, at least take the next step to get some more information. And I love what Morgan's said about the beautifully diverse tapestry of people that the Lord has has woven throughout the country of India. Uh, You see the glory of God imprinted uh, in these people. You see the image of God shining through the people of India, and they are diverse and they are unique, um, and they were made in order that they would glorify God. And so we pray that the gospel of Christ Jesus would spread throughout the country of India, and maybe, just maybe, the Lord would use uh, your international adoption trip or Lifeline's unadopted program in such a way that many people come to know Christ Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Like Morgan said, if you're interested in more information, connect with us today at lifelinechild.org. You can search under international adoption and learn more about India. You can contact our team. And then every third Thursday, we have a, a roadmap to international adoption. And you can join one of those webinars and have all of your questions answered by one of our professionals. Thanks for joining us today for the Defender Podcast. And again, if you feel called to India, we pray that you would take that next step today. Thanks for listening to the Defender Podcast. If you enjoy making this podcast a part of your weekly routine, we'd love for you to take a moment to subscribe, rate, and review the Defender Podcast to make it easier for more people to find. For more information how you and your church can partner with Lifeline, visit us at lifelinechild.org. If you want to connect with me, please visit herbienewell.com. Follow us at Lifeline on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lifeline Child. You can email us directly at info at lifelinechild.org. Beloved, will you allow God to use the gospel through you to impact the life of a child? Please contact us because we are here to defend the fatherless. We'll see you again next week for the Defender Podcast. <music>